you're listening to It's All BS with Sabrina, an Amplify podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina, and thank you for joining me this week. Um, apologies for the episode coming out a day late, but it was a public holiday here in uh, Victoria and New South Wales for the Queen's birthday. Even though it's not her birthday, I don't, yeah, I, I don't have an explanation for it, but we got the day off, which was lovely. And it was a big weekend. I'm headachy. I'm drinking a Barocca as we speak. Um, but this week was a huge week for me in terms of gigs. Uh, I caught a jazz gig on Wednesday up in the north side of Melbourne in Brunswick, which was awesome. Great to see some mates as well. And then on Thursday, I went and saw John Karabi play his acoustic set at the Northcote Social Club. I took my dad. And first of all, the man can sing. Absolutely. Nobody can argue um, against that. And his guitar skills are, yeah, once again, insane. But I think, well, it kind of the best part about the show was were the stories that he was willing to tell. And he was just so funny and very banterous with the crowd. And I also got to grab a copy of his autobiography, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades. And you know what? I, th- I was like, oh, you know, I might, I might hang around after the show and get it signed because he was very, once again, very gracious man. He was like, if anyone wants anything signed, you know, hang around, I'll do it. So I decided to, to line up. And as I got closer and closer to the front of the line, I thought, oh, do I make it known that it's me? You know, is he even going to remember me? He speaks to that many people every week. Um, and we made eye contact or as, as best we could make eye contact because the man never took off his sunglasses. Those sunglasses are glued to his head. Um but we made eye contact and he did recognize me and straight away he gave me a hug. We had a mini chat. He signed my book and um, I felt a little bit starstruck. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, big thank you to Karabi for, you know, being so gracious and for remembering, for taking the time to remember me and, and have a chat with me. I, I really, really loved that. Um, and the reason why I'm feeling particularly fragile today is because I went to a gig in Geelong last night. Um it was a, what do you call it? A club, a club night. It was hosted at a club and Motez was headlining and I dragged two friends with me very, very happily dragged, mind you. They, they were, they wanted to come. And I kind of, I was a little bit worried that I'd built Motez up in my head because I'd seen him at festivals a lot. And, you know, I listened to his music on my playlists, but I thought, you know what? I've never actually seen him do a DJ set. I've never seen him uh, as a headliner, if you will, where, you know, he's given a solid two to three hours to play. And I was so far away from being disappointed. It was so good. That man is, he's just, ah, he knows how to play to a crowd. He knows how to, when to drop, when to build. But if you ever do get the chance to see Motez, go do it. Yeah. Just everything about it was fantastic. And same thing. I got to have a chat with him afterwards. And once again, incredibly gracious, incredibly kind. So, you know, huge shout out and thank you to him for taking the time out to chat to me because he really didn't have to. So huge thank you to him. But in the world of uh, international music news, if we will, there's been a lot of drama this week. Um, Justin Bieber has a virus called Ramsey Hunt's virus that that is currently paralyzing half of his face, um, which will most likely take months to recover from, according to health experts. Um, So he's had to cancel a bunch of shows. Zayn Malik made One Directioners and everyone else by extension have an absolute meltdown over his most recent Instagram, a post that everyone is certain is his 
Uh, his way of clapping back after Liam Payne's controversial podcast episode with Logan Paul, if you haven't listened to that, it's definitely something that you can chuck on in the background. I won't lie and say it's the most stimulating chat, and I can't say that I was ever a huge One Direction fan, so I feel personally slighted by Liam Payne's uh, interview, but I can definitely see why it may have rubbed some people up the wrong way, especially his ex-bandmates. Um, but also, Britney's biz got married and her ex-husband get crashed the wedding. Um, so it, it all happened this week, including uh, what is now going to be our top three music news headlines of the week. News headline number one, labels are pushing for their artists to create viral TikTok moments and Halsey has had enough. Or has she? Some of you may have seen a TikTok back in May posted by the American pop singer Halsey that calls out a label for withholding a song's release until she created a viral TikTok moment about the song. The video is super simple, face to camera, and she captioned the TikTok, I've been in this industry for eight years and I've sold over 165 million records. I deserve better. We've started to hear more and more about this with both up and coming musicians and already established artists. TikTok has become a goldmine for labels, both in finding musicians to sign and to market music, music videos, and the artist's brand. For some artists, this is awesome. It comes super naturally. They're happy to do it. They may even enjoy doing it. It's a great way to engage with fans. Uh, but for a lot of these people, especially established musicians and those who are probably a little bit older, it's uncomfortable. It's a waste of time and makes them feel kind of like dancing monkeys more than I'm sure they already feel like sometimes in this industry. So the likes of Post Malone and Adele, for example, have admitted to the pressures their labels have tried to place on them to get onto TikTok and their disinterest is very, very clear. Um, so Q, Q Halsey calling out her label for withholding music from her fan base because she didn't want to create a fake manufactured TikTok moment around it. Obviously, fans were angry on her behalf. It garnered a lot of attention and Capitol Records were pushed to release a statement saying that Halsey, we love you and are here to support you. We are committed to a release of So Good on June 9th, 2022. Um, but what's kind of a bit ironic about this whole thing is that the TikTok Halsey created to call out Capitol Records for forcing her into faking a, a viral TikTok moment for the song ended up going viral. Um, you know, it, it amassed over a million likes, millions of views. Um, so who knows? Maybe it was all a big marketing scheme. Um, either way, I think it opened up some eyes to the game that is the music industry and TikTok at the moment. And news headline number two, Lizzo lands herself in some hot water over her new single, Girls. As a fierce defender and activist of many marginalized communities, Lizzo is a well-loved public figure by many. However, her new single, Girls, has upset and angered a lot of people. This song was first introduced to the public back in April via a short TikTok sound that Lizzo created a dance routine to that did go viral. This week, she released the official track, which samples the Beastie Boys song, Girls. And it also features new lyrics meant to empower women. However, listeners were quick to pick up on the use of the ableist slur spaz in the song. Um, spaz, as a lot of us would know, is short for spastic, which is a very outdated term that medical professionals use to describe someone who experiences unexpected and uncontrollable muscle spasms. 
Listeners are disappointed that Lizzo and her team let that one slide, but they're most concerned that this song will model for younger listeners that using the word is okay. What's interesting, however, is that a lot of these people calling Lizzo out online aren't calling for her to be cancelled, as we've discussed in previous episodes how quick the public are to do that um, in recent years. Rather, they want her to take down the song and then re-release a new version without the slur. So far, Lizzo and her team haven't responded to the backlash. However, this was recorded on Monday afternoon, so there may have been an update uh, in between then and now. And news headline number three, Roddy Rich is arrested on gun charges before his scheduled performance at the Governor's Ball in New York City. Roddy Rich is an American rapper, and you may have had him playing in your earphones recently if you're a Post Malone fan, as he appears on Malone's recent single Cooped Up and joined Malone on Saturday Night Live last month to give a performance of the track. He also appears in the single's official music video, and he also has his own stuff. Um, But Rich was scheduled to perform at the Governor's Ball Festival. However, he was arrested at a security checkpoint for trying to enter the grounds with loaded weapons. Authorities are thought to have found a loaded firearm and nine rounds of ammunition inside his vehicle. Rich has reportedly been charged with four counts of criminal possession of a weapon and unlawful possession of an ammunition feeding device. He was reportedly taken into custody at Queen Central Booking and will remain there until he appears in court for an arraignment hearing on the charges. And now let's jump into our car concert songs of the week. Number one is IFTK by Ty and Wayne featuring LaRue. Releasing this year, this song got me kind of hype in the car this week. Um, it's UK grime artist Tyon rapping over the famous hook from LaRue's hit single for The Kill, all supported by a trap beat and those fantastic grime voice embellishments that I will not attempt because... I am very white and that's very embarrassing, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, Tyon is from Edmonton, North London. He's well known in the grime scene and I'd like to share him with you in case he's new to you too. So here is IFTK by Tyon Wayne featuring LaRue. Yeah, but man, I was still first the night. No privilege, but I had the option to never be stuck up on the block then. More money, more problems. We don't get along like Arsenal, Tottenham. Everybody wanna hate now, but fuck them. Girl from North London said I made it. Big Russian must come in function. Stomach a rich man, I a bracket and aim it. Chop it and shave it. Haters, then they had a straw for my savings. I'd pop down, now they can't face it. Chased it, chased it until I just made it. Remember when I couldn't buy food? Now my guy looking on smooth. Lambo chop on the move. Should have rolled out in the pool. And for song number two, we have Baby Blue Part 1 by Nick Keogh. I saw Nick uh, playing in Sydney at a basement gig a few weeks ago. He was supporting another band and he really grabbed my interest. He's sort of like an Aussie Noah Khan, um, folky, honest, super easy to listen to. Not to mention he has a beautiful voice, both recording and live. Um, this track is the slightly more upbeat tune from his recently dropped EP called 20 and Bored. Uh, You can chuck the whole EP on for a bit of a quiet cruise, um, a bit of an unwind kind of playlist, if you will. Uh, But for today, this is Baby Blue Part 1 by Nick Keogh.
And Car Concert Song number three, we have Wannabe by Cassidy Paris. Um, another live gig find here. Cassidy Paris was the supporting act for John Karabi. She's a 19-year-old rocker from Melbourne who was raised on all things old school rock and roll. And she really impressed me with how comfortable she was on the stage. Um, this song, it's it's angry. It's teenage angsty in, in like, you know, kind of the best way. Uh, she's about to head on tour with Heat Sweden and Crazy Licks in September after signing with Silverback Touring. So she definitely knows what she's doing. So here is a taste of some female rock. This is Wannabe by Cassidy Paris. This week, my guest is Lockie Gill, the winner of the most recent season of The Voice um, under the guidance of his coach, Rita Ora. Um, although he's still riding the high from the win, he's already gone to work on new music, demos and, you know, all the other craziness that comes with stepping into the industry to this capacity for the first time, including talking to people like me a million and one times about his, his experience on The Voice and how he got there and what the experience was like and what his plans are now. Uh, so let's welcome Lockie Gill. Cause you're the first to ever really look at me. I know this crooked digits, these temporary nights. Been wasting time with you, never feels like wasted time. Stripping all our layers while seconds pass us by. Been wasting time with you, never feels like wasted time. To the podcast, it's all BS. I want to welcome Lockie Gill, um, the most recent winner of The Voice. He is currently in, a, it looks like a back storeroom. Your girlfriend owns a, she owns a clothing store, doesn't she? Yeah, she owns a, a clothing store in um, Frankston called Jack and Jean. So I'm snugged away in the, uh, in the storeroom. <laughs> Bit of peace and quiet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sweet. Well, thank you for jumping on with me. Um because it's been, I can imagine, a pretty big, uh, like, yeah, a couple of weeks for you now. Um, a lot's happened, a lot's changed, but also I feel like maybe not a lot has also changed. Is that true? Like, it, like other than going to the studio, does life kind of feel like it's just plodding along as it did before? Yeah, I mean, um, I would say it's it's ramped up in, in terms of there is a lots of kind of new people in the picture and um in the greatest way it's like you know I've got basically I've got a team now which is great and it's like um you know I've got them helping me whereas before it was trying to figure it all out by myself and and work out you know because music industry is quite big and scary but um you know now I've got got a bit of help um with that and but yeah, in in a funny way, it is it is sort of still normal because I was doing all this stuff beforehand. I was still, you know, trying to um, release as much music as possible and writing a lot. So it's 
yeah, still still similar, but it's um yeah, it's heated up a little bit now for sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's go back to the start. I mean, I know you probably you you poor thing have probably had to kind of explain the journey to this point a million and one times and you're going to do it again. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what what was it because you were I mean, you were a footy player, you were going in that direction, you were a PE teacher um down the peninsula in Melbourne, Victoria. Um First of all, you're not still PE teaching, are you, on the side? No, no. I was uh, right up till, yeah. I mean, I did a few days after maybe the auditions and then it was just a bit too too crazy. <laughs> and then you were like, yeah, I'm done here. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> well, the kids started up okay. the photos and autographs. And I'm like, oh, well, they're not learning anything, are they? <laughs> did they? Uh, so yeah. Oh, that's funny. So they knew, fun. they knew something's going to happen here. Um, okay. And then what was it? Because you, you were releasing music and you released your first single back in 2021. So before the voice happened, um, you released three singles actually before the voice. Yep. So you were very well and truly already investing time, money, effort, mm-hmm. creative energy into this endeavor. It's not like you just picked up a microphone and went, I'm going to sing now, um, no. which I always, I always find it funny when um, these shows, obviously they try and give you, well, they don't try and give you a backstory. You have the backstory, but then they might embellish it a little bit and they made it almost sound like that was the case. But you, you've been a musician for, for quite some time, but what was it about this season, this year, where you thought maybe I'll give the voice a crack? Was it just to amplify what you were already doing? Was it to get comfortable singing in front of an audience? Like what what made you go that direction? Yeah, no, it was definitely um, to sort of boost what I was already doing. But I, I had um, auditioned when I was 18 years old, uh, freshie, um, and I yeah. – I, I went and went and audition and did the full process, you know, and um, it is a long, you know, tough process to even, you know, get on the stage. I mean, people think that right. that might be the first, the first, you know, part of the process, but there is so much before you even step on onto the stage in terms of online stuff. You have to fill out lots of different, you know, documents, and then you do your first round with, you know, some. Um, producers, etc., and and I wasn't good enough to get to uh, the performance, right. s- the stage when I was eighteen, and I, you know, got an email saying uh, we just don't think you're ready, and you know, eighteen year old yeah. me was sort of like, oh, st- stuff you, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely good enough to do it, blah blah blah, and then so I went away from from that, going, you know what, I'm gonna going to do it without a show and you know prove that I can I can work hard and and um become an artist without you know having the backing of the show and so I did I did that I went away and and you know worked out what artist I wanted to be and and you know learned my my instrument a bit better playing guitar and um mm. just worked on yeah my artistry and 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 making sure that I guess there was no way they could say I wasn't ready um, the next time I was to come back if I came back. So, yeah, um, you know, I'm 24 now and I just thought I like I I know who I am. I know what sort of artist I want to be. And as long as I stick 
with that throughout the show and and stay true to what I do outside the show, it just makes sense and and it can only Mm. be a benefit, you know. So, yeah, and now it turns out, yeah, crazy. (laughs) Now you're you're here. Yeah. How did – um. Because that's, that's quite a big thing, I think, as a musician, figuring out what kind of artist you want to be. And that's not only, I mean, a huge part of that is what sort of sound, what do you want to write about, what, yeah. you know, are you going to be the super technically skilled one that can do a million and one runs in the space of 20 seconds? Are you going to sing only from a place of emotion? Like there's there's such a wide spectrum. How did you go about figuring that out? Because I guess my fear of, those kind of shows is that even if you you kind of know or you think you know you go on and then you're told no scrap all of that this is what it this is what it means to be a superstar or like a pop star or this is what you need to be to be like commercial Mm. um how did you go about I guess figuring that out before the show and then holding on to it throughout the show or did you have to let go of some some things that you thought you knew but maybe you didn't know as well as you thought or, yeah, how that all, go, like, yeah. happened? Well, I mean, I mean, in terms of, um, you know, finding the artist you want to be, that definitely takes a lot of time. It's not something, you know, when I was 18, 19, I probably could have started making music then, but it would have just been based on people I was listening to at the time and trying to really, you know, copy them. So... I was sort of Mm. lucky in a way that I didn't even know how to release a song. So I didn't like worry about that side of it. I was like, I'll just keep writing and and build up some songs. And so in that process of, of writing and and, um, creating music and not recording it and letting people see it, I slowly figured out, Oh, I like writing in this style. I like this. And you sort of, you do bring in your inspirations, but then it becomes, you know, your own sound and, and, um, you know, your own style. So I guess that took, yeah, for me, it took six, six years, probably almost, um, of writing and, and, and playing. And I played just everywhere I could. I was, I was just taking every gig that I could just because I was like, I'll practice, you know, how to perform. And that taught me a lot of things that I probably don't even realize. Um, and then when going on the show, I sort of, I, I knew I wanted to stick to that, but also, yeah, like you said, you, you still have to be open to, to trying different things because you don't like, you don't properly work out who you are and you still got time to, to evolve into, into um, these different things. And even on the show, I sung the Olivia Rodrigo song, Deja Vu, and I never thought I would, I would do a song like that and, and be as and and sort of doing those not dance moves like I wasn't really dancing but I was <laughs> I was moving around the stage and I never Good. thought I would do that I've always been a guy that stands at the mic and plays his guitar and, and yep. yeah my, my feet are you know still on the ground so it's like <laughs> and after doing that I'm like damn I, I wouldn't mind doing a bit more of that so now I'll you know change a little bit of the way I write and create the music so maybe I can have that moment if I was to do a live show to mm. be able to pull the mic off the stand and, and you know, dance around a little bit. So there's definitely still time to change it around. But in terms of, like, yeah, that base of, of who I am and, and the music I want to create, I know that. But, yeah, I'm still open mm. to working with different people and, and you know, 
still still holding firm to what uh, what I like, but creating different versions of that. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Well, because yeah, um, obviously I stalk every artist that I have um, on this show and <laughs> I tried to be underhanded about it this time because I noticed on your music page, one of my mates followed you or a few of my mates followed you, but I was like, this one dude, I was like, he plays footy. This might not just be a, I liked him on the voice follow. This might be a personal follow. <laughs> so I hit this guy up, Chris Diggle, if you know him, shout out to Chris Diggle. Oh, I, know. I was like, I was like, give me the goss. No, yeah. way. I was like, oh, I was God. like, come on, what does he do? What's something weird that he does? <laughs> How do you know him? That's so random. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I'm only a little bit up the coast from you. Oh, awesome! There so, you go. Yeah. Oh, diggles. There you go. But he didn't. He didn't. Um, <laughs> he didn't throw you under the bus, unfortunately. Um. But no, I will like through my stalk, I saw that a lot of local, um, okay, well, first of all, weddings, a lot of local cafes, restaurants, bars would feature you because you were, you were doing a lot of gigging before The Voice. So you obviously weren't afraid to sing in front of an audience, mm. but how did it feel going? Because The Voice ramps up really quickly because you start off with your audition mm-hmm. and then I feel like then there's what, the the battle round or rounds I'm not sure if there are multiple or if you just sing multiple times in a night and then next minute you're at the grand finale and you have a fucking string orchestra behind you and a fountain it feels like it goes from like zero to a hundred really quickly and suddenly you're given this huge stage to move around how did you cope with that because yeah like you said it would have been really easy for you to push back and be like, um, no, that's way too much. I'm going to stand here with my guitar and that's all you're getting from me. Hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, firstly, it definitely ramped up quick. It was like, um, and, and again, it was hard because when I was watching it, um, I had a diff- completely different experience when I was actually doing it, but it was, you know, a while before. So it's hard to completely remember. I'd have to go through back through my journal and, and read some of my, my entries that I did throughout that time to see how I was feeling. But from Aww. what I can recall, I like, it was hectic. And it's like, you know, you finish one week and you don't get time to be like, oh my God, I got through to this round because the next day you're, you're starting preparation for that you know, next performance. So it's like you never really got a chance to, you know, understand what was happening. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're, you're in the grand finale and you're like, oh, my God, like this experience is almost finished. Um, but, yeah, I don't know, something about that fast-paced environment, all the cameras, it's like it only took a few weeks for me to be like, oh, well, this is, you know, pretty normal now. Um, and, and you just, you get good life. at, you get good at, you know, not that you turn it on for the camera, but you get good at just being like, oh, what do you need? You need this. Okay, bang. And you and you do it. Um, so by the time we started bringing in those big sets, it was like we'd already had an introduction, already felt comfortable doing, you know, the stuff beforehand. So it didn't feel like the craziest jump, but um, at the same time, it was it was so wild to look around and be like, wow, this is all being built for me and there's a lot of work going into yeah into my performance yeah it's like I don't know how long you know obviously I want my career to to keep building it's like I don't know how long it's going to be before I can even 
think about putting on a set like that. So it was like you had to really enjoy um, that experience because you're like, this is not not super normal. You know, this these sort of sets are built for for the big dogs, not for mm. not for you know artists at my stage of my career. So it's like I want to get there, but I don't know how long it's going to take. But yeah, I'm going to work hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little old me. What yeah. do you mean you you have a fountain for just me? Crazy. <laughs> Um, <laughs> well, before, cause I wanted to jump into that, that idea of sort of like imposter syndrome, um, that idea of how am I here? Why is this mine? I don't belong here. When is someone going to come and tap me on the shoulder and be like, okay, time's up. Off you go back home, back to PE teaching. Um, but before I jump into that, I asked this question of all my, um, all my guests, and you have performance history from before The Voice, you have it during The Voice, so you can answer from any time in your performance history. But live music, uh, I've noticed I've uh, after talking to everybody and from personal experience as well, it, it some shit happens that you don't expect and it can be good or bad. Um, so this can be a good story if you want, something that went better than you expected. But what is the most bullshit thing that has happened to you while performing live? Oh, uh, you know what? <laughs> oh, there'd be, there'd be so there'd be so many if you you know if I sat here and and wrote them down. There are so many stories because when you when you're working your <laughs> way up, you know you're working your way up. You play at some some interesting places, some interesting events because you're just like you know what I'll play here, I'll play here, and then all of a sudden you're playing and you're like. Oh God! Why did I say yes to this? Or you know, why am I playing here? Thinking? You know, there's just the typical um, the drunk people stories, but I, I've had many of them. And and we had, I had one one guy who literally was was so drunk that he just like he was having a good time, but then it turned to he he couldn't even hold himself up, and he fell into one of my speakers and just. Knocked, knocked over the speaker oh. mid mid set and I'm just like I had to stop because I'm like this this is my equipment oh. and I'm just like oh god and I, I ended up wrapping up you know 20-30 minutes before I was supposed to finish because I'm like this is just ridiculous and I'm like oh god the life oh, I'm like I can't wait to get a bit more experience a bit better so I can say no to these things far out <laughs> Uh, yeah okay if you if you had to wrap up 20 to 30 minutes early did the venue owner or the event uh organizer or whatever try and stiff you did he go like oh you didn't finish so I'm not paying you or was this not even uh, a paid it was, gig it, it was paid gig but it was like a, a backyard party like I think it was right I think it was uh, 21st maybe even so it's like I, I probably should have realized what I was getting myself into but um yeah it wasn't ideal wasn't ideal, but we've, yeah, we've had some funny ones. We always get, I, I play in the duo and we get people, you know, still on the mic and, and like singing and, and we're just like, oh, oh God. No. It's like, sometimes you just have to go with it and go, oh, well, is what it is. <laughs> I'll just let this person have yep. their moment of, you know, singing to everyone and then I'll take my mic back. Have this moment, yeah. <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's been some fun. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Okay. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad I asked. There you go, guys. It's not just, you know, big arena performance performers who have shit happen to them. If anything, it's happening in the bars. It's happening at the 21st. Oh, 
is yeah, happening in the cafes. <laughs> anyone doing gigs at yeah the pubs and stuff, they'll have their own stories. It would uh, the list would go on of stories of <laughs> moments like uh, that for sure. Some of the stories that come out of these artists, and it's funny because they know it's ridiculous, but there's this like wall of, well, this is my life and this is just happens. I feel like you're going to see that more and more, just the strangeness that is the human population, especially 100%. when they go to a live music gig and there's alcohol involved and you just yeah. got to kind of roll with it. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Uh, but I think that's like, you know, what makes – what makes a good performer? They're just so like experienced and they, and they can just adapt to whatever happens, you know, and like mm. the worst thing you could do is, is like be super affected by it and, you know, let it change the way you you do things in future. It's like things are going to happen. Things are going to stuff up and you have to try and try and run with it as best as you can. Work around it. Well, how boring yeah. would it be if everything was perfect all the time? Like it'd be nice, but then there's there's no challenge to it. There's no growth there, as they say. A hundred percent. Well, even even now, I'm getting thrown into you know not thrown into. I I'm happily putting my hand up for all you know things that are happening now, but it's like you know I'm putting together a, a backing set list, and it's like everything's moving so fast, and it's just you got to be you got to be ready to go, and and yeah, I'm sure things are gonna probably sound things are going to stuff up but you know so it's, it's a work in progress and we'll get there <laughs> so open up our hearts and open up our souls they did all we gotta open up our hearts and open up our souls they did pour out to a buried in the ground to a buried Well, let's jump into that. When you said that you were on the show and people were around you and you got used to the cameras, like, okay, you need me to be at this angle. Okay. You need me to say that again or whatever. Um, oh, okay. There are 10 people here. Like there's my string quartet there and then they're building that fountain there. And then the light guy over there is figuring out my lights. Did you look around or maybe it was too fast paced that you didn't even have time to look around and be like, ah, uh, what am I doing here? But was there a little bit of imposter syndrome going on in your head or were you quite good at being like, no, I put the work in. Like you said, the just getting onto stage for this show was grueling. I've done the rounds. I've gone through the stress. I've worked hard. This is what I know I want to do. Because I, I'm sure it would have been the same with footy getting to the level that you did as well. Like I can imagine, although logically you know you've put the work in, mm. there is that little voice sometimes in people's heads going, you're not good enough. This is a joke. Like just wait. Someone's going to catch on to you. Yeah, it was. that was probably my um, biggest challenge. I think it was, you know, a work in progress for me to continually – um, try and tell myself, you know what, you're you're getting through because of yeah yeah the work that you've put in and because you're like nailing these performances, but it was hard because you're surrounded by such good performers and you know people that you look at and go, well my voice isn't as high or as strong as theirs, 
so this doesn't really make sense that I'm, you know, getting through on this show. But then it was, you know, a mixture of, of um, the support I had on the show and, you know, Rita as a coach, um, hearing it from her was like, okay, maybe, you know, I do deserve to be here. And like those things definitely <laughs> helped, but it was a working progress for me to tell myself, no, like you have worked your ass off and now this is just your reward. Like your people are starting to realize that you've got something special and, and, and the potential to do great things. And that's why you keep getting through and, and you're doing well on the show. So yeah, it was, it was a battle for me early days um, because again, it is such a crazy experience and crazy things going on that you, you struggle to understand what you're achieving um but yeah. yeah eventually I got it in my head that you know I I deserve to be there and and I yeah had put in years of work so it wasn't and and again that was hard because like you said a bit earlier the the show sort of made me out to be um a footy guy that's basically jumped off the oval and and straight onto a stage and <laughs> and you know and that's great for group for the TV and, and for the audience to go, wow, mm. I can't believe this, this footy player is doing this. But yeah, in reality, it was, you know, six to eight years of, of gigging, you know, solid, you know, a mm. couple, couple, two, three times a week um, and just putting every bit of time that I had yeah. to bear into learning my instrument and, and singing. And so, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't an overnight thing, but the show, I guess, sort of, made it seem a little bit like that um but by the end of the mm. show I was I was um you know pretty confident in my in myself that I yeah deserve to be yeah well, and then you got rewarded with more work because the work doesn't stop now like if anything it's a thousand times more 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent um yeah yeah I can't even imagine what it would be like on a show like that um because even though it is so fast paced, it's like so much is happening to you and maybe by extension, uh, the closest around you, so your parents, your partner, siblings. I don't know. I don't even know if you have siblings. Um, but otherwise. Two sisters. Two sisters. Okay, there you go. Um, the sort of outer circle that still might be really close to you they're really happy for you, but they're kind of, they're going along with their lives and you're just, you're doing something so cool and whatever over here, but it's still separate. So I can imagine there was a bit of disparity of, oh, I'm no longer on that same path anymore because bang, I'm here now. Um, so yeah, I can imagine that would have been quite overwhelming. Um, but what about now? Yeah. What's, what does a day in your life look like now? Because uh, I know you're in the studio. I know you're writing a lot. You're plugging your most recent single, "Wasted Time," which was, I guess, what 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 did they call it? Your winner's single. Um, tell me, tell me, what was it? Why did you choose that song? Yeah, it was it was funny. Um, we finished, uh, you know, semifinals, and and we were into the into the grand final, and and we needed a, a song for our win a single and, and I didn't write this song um but it was you know a song that was sort of given to me pitched to me um but there was a song before it that I'd also heard that could have been mine and I was like oh I don't think that's don't think that's the one um and so then wasted time was played yeah 
uh, and it's a demo version, so it's obviously a little, little bit different. Um, and Ned Houston, who wrote the song with mm. Robbie Desar, he was the one creating the demo, and he's got a amazing voice, but it's totally different to mine, and it's you know a little bit higher, and and so the choruses sounded different. But as soon as I heard that guitar riff at the start, um, I was like, oh, this has just made me feel a kind of way and it was just like it was honestly instant I'm like I didn't even have to listen to the song I literally looked at them I like this one this one and <laughs> um, just just went with it and I knew that I could I could change it to suit my voice um, and and you know still make it my own because um, it was an interesting experience it's like I've never had that where someone gives you their song and goes you know have this one to be yours I'm like oh it, it feels strange at the time because you're like oh well it doesn't doesn't really mean anything to me yeah. you know until you start performing it and and sing it and then you start putting your own meanings to it and it's like no I didn't write it but I have now built my own connection to this song and it like means just as much to me as the songs that I've I've written myself so mm. that was super cool but I knew I wanted a song that I was obviously happy and proud of but one that I could play live yeah. um so I you know can play this on my guitar and and um you know at shows and, and things like that I can I can play this one and it's a super fun one to do so yeah it's it was um it was crazy but it was it just turned out for the absolute best and I, I've been uh you know, a bit of self-love. I've been pumping this bad boy in the car. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's a good one and I really want to want to keep pushing. I want to hear it on radio and, and um, yeah, it's, it, it's a good one, I think. <laughs> no, I love that because I was talking to um, Bella Taylor Smith who won this, was it this, oh, gosh, I think she was actually pre-COVID maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, was, she was the most recent. She was the most, okay, there you go. Um. And she was saying a similar thing, played a few songs, chose the one that she felt the most strongly about and then made it her own. Um, and she was saying with her contract post-competition, they kind of, they they didn't steamroll her a little bit, but they kind of, they started throwing things at her. Like this producer, these songwriters, these songs, this is what, like, this is what we're thinking for the album, blah, 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 blah. And she had the the I guess the hindsight and the backbone to be like that is lovely thank you but actually I've been writing my own stuff and can I build out you know enough songs that it makes a full EP and can I show it to you and can can we give this a shot instead and they went okay and she did it and they loved it and now her whole uh, new EP is completely her work and I mean she's co-written obviously um but what what what's what's it like with you at the moment? Did they kind of try and throw songs at you straight away? Like you need to you need to start putting everything out. Like we don't have time for you to write all of your own stuff. Um, or were they pretty patient with you and went, you do you. You seem to know. You seem to have a handle on it. Um, I think it's it's sort of a healthy healthy balance. I think we're well aware that you know the show's um, exposure and and I guess the hype. Um, around me only will last so long before I have to put out good music. So it's like there is there is a, a time element of let's, you know, push to get one out soon, but it's not um, here's a song, 
you're going to release this. It's like, you know, show us what you have. And I've, you know, been recording demos and, you know, I've, sh I've shown them a lot of stuff. And then it's about, you know, starting to build a project around that. And then they have definitely helped me with, you know, finding new people to write with and, and, but it's never been you're writing with this person or you're producing with this person. It's like, give it a shot. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And, you know, we try something else or, and I'm still working with my producer, um, who I was working with before the show and we're, we're writing yeah, a heap Jeremy. together as well. Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and he's an absolute weapon. Um, so I, you know, wanted to, to have him on board as well. So yeah, I think there's, there's going to be time for, you know, working with, with different people and me and Jeremy, we're like, that was probably one downside of us. It's like, I mean, we're, we're working with, um, I guess the money element, the financial side of things before the show and, you know, oh, I don't have enough money to just keep smashing songs out because they're expensive. But also it takes a while to, you know, find the sound for a song and then you've obviously got to tweak it a lot and it's just a long process. And some of that stuff I didn't even need to really be there for. Like Jeremy is a weapon and he's going through the program that I'm not super confident with. So those times I can be, you know, writing um, another song or, or recording, stuff. having another song on the go um, with someone else. So it's like, yeah, I, I'm not going to um, just work with one person or, or just write with one person. I'm happy to to feel around and I'm, I'm still super new to like, you know, the original music space and, and producers and, and things like that. So I'm more than happy to, to experiment with people. But um yeah, we're also under the, I guess, the idea that, you know, if we can get a song out um, quickly, you know, we, we, we should do that. Um, so, yeah, there'll be a song. There should be a song soon, I think, and then and then we work out what's, how the project looks and whether it's an EP or, or, or an album, um, we're still sort of figuring that out. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a bit, it's a big game, isn't it? Uh, being timely and keeping the marketing and keeping the hive and keeping the social media and making sure that everyone loves you, but then also actually putting the work in and going into the studio and agonizing over the same fucking chorus a million and one times to get it right. Yeah, <laughs> I totally get I, you. <laughs> I think that's the uh, that's the hard part. It's it's like you can never just dive into the one thing and spend all your effort because there's so many elements to to the music industry and to, you know, creating a, a, an artist that is going to have a successful career. Like, yeah, social media is so important. So you actually have to dedicate time to creating content. Like that doesn't just happen. Um, so it definitely is is tough at the moment because there is lots happening. We're trying to get ready for some live shows. We're trying to put together demos. We're trying to write more stuff. And then I'm still trying to be present to the people that have already jumped on board as, as fans and trying to give them stuff to, you know, yeah. look at and, and, and follow along with me. Otherwise they get bored and they find someone else. So it's, there's a lot happening, but in, in the best way, like, you know, I, I don't, not that I didn't like going to school and being a teacher, but you know, I don't have to worry about doing that now. So that frees up that time and it's just music, 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 which is what I've always wanted. So, yeah. 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 Well, welcome to the industry, my friend. It doesn't stop. <laughs> but before we jump into the very last section, which is um, a little bit of a 
quick fire hot round this or that questions. Um, I guess what can you, what are you allowed to leave listeners with at the moment? What is next for Lockie Gill? You just mentioned some live shows that you're putting together demos that there may or may not be an EP or an album in the foreseeable future, but we, we know that takes time, but is there anything uh, particularly coming up that you are allowed to mention or do we need to keep in touch? No, no, there's no exclusives here. Um, but basically it's, it's like, we're, we're going, we're, we're moving um, at yeah. a quick pace <laughs> and we're getting things done. So I don't think it's going to be one of those things where you have to sit back and wait, you know, a year or two years for me to put together an album to hear stuff. There'll be stuff. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still working it all out. So yeah. Um, definitely, definitely, um, uh, keep your, keep your eyes open and, uh, there'll be, there'll be stuff coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, even if it takes a year for an album, that's a perfectly reasonable length of time. As long as there's a single drop every now well, and again, I guess, surely, yeah. surely you can have a year for an album. Yeah. That, that's oh. I think that's enough. I'm I'm, in, yeah. I'm impatient enough as it is. So years uh, years well and truly <laughs> enough time. Yeah. Well, well, let's just jump into the last little bit of the podcast. This is a this or that section. It's ten questions. I give you two options, and you just you choose your player per option. Let's do it. But we start we start easy. We start general. Um, peanut butter or Vegemite? Peanut butter every day of the week. <laughs> Gatorade or Powerade? Powerade. I think Gatorade is going to be extinct soon. Fair. Um, windows up or down while driving? Right now, up. Because it's cold? It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> Tomato sauce in the cupboard or in the fridge? Oh, God, this is going to divide the the viewers. Um, the room. Uh, I'm, I'm a cupboard man. I'm a cupboard man. No! <laughs> oh that's personal to me like anytime I have an Aussie artist on that's always the question I go with because I was like this is gonna make or break (laughs) my girlfriend's probably gonna come in here and be like no it's in the it's in the fridge (laughs) (laughs) oh well we'll move on I'll forgive you for that one uh daytime or evening footy grand final you gotta stick with just the OG and that's daytime Mm. Yeah. Mm, mm. I know that divided you, a lot you, of people. You go too, silly, go too silly too early. I don't even think I've remembered the last two grand finals because they've been the evening. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's ruined It's ruined how we pace ourselves, guys. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Dean Lewis or Clinton Kane? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good question. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. Um, Dean Lewis, because he's got more music as a volume. Mm. That's, that's all I'm going off. Yeah. And he is fantastic. (laughs) He is fantastic and also engaging with his fans. I've noticed he's very on top of the social media game. He is a weapon. He is a trailblazer in that, in that aspect for sure. Okay. Support Ed Sheeran on a world tour or support Justin Bieber? on a world tour oh Bieber would be would be something special yeah Bieber would be cool Bieber 
Okay. I think. Well, if you're ever given the option, I mean, obviously you'd take it if you were given the option, but I've had a couple of guests who have uh, toured with Ed Sheeran and they only have the nicest things to say about him. Apparently he's just like a big oh, dirty bear. And, I mean, again, that question was just a terrible question because <laughs> they I have like categories for my favorite artists. It's like I have my favorite artists right now that are like not not that they're achievable as in it's like they don't seem so far away so it's easy to get connected mm. with them. Whereas the big yeah. dogs like Ed Sheeran and Justin Bieber, it's like I'm a fangirl but it's like also I like I'm never going to see yeah. them or meet them ever so you know. You don't know that. You don't know that. Well, you don't know that. Don't say that. <laughs> well, well, we'll wait and see, hey. Um, but they're, yeah, they're always going to be my favourites. But it's, yeah, they're, um, they're the big dogs. Okay, I know you're a Victorian boy. So, BTV or Falls Festival for New Year's? Falls Festival, that one's easy, easy. Falls Festival. Good. I'm glad. Just have all like, you know, proper. They have a good a- mix bands like not that btv didn't have that i saw dean lewis at btv um the first year i went but mm. i think it's turned to a little bit more of the um dance music and, now isn't it yeah doof style um which again i can get around but it's not my not my go-to so it's not your yeah i'd much That's rather fair. just stand stand at the stage and sing along with artists um, <laughs> which you can do at all yeah. that's true all right, pop ballad or rock anthem? If you had to release one, pop ballad. Pop ballad. Sure. Sweet. Which, and yeah. Last one. If you were called up, okay, maybe not if you were called up right now because it'd probably be a bit too overwhelming at the moment. But say we're a few years down the track, you've built up a really strong fan base worldwide. Would you rather go on a European tour or an American tour? Oh, that's I, – I honestly don't know much about, you know, Either. touring or mm. what they both involve. But I feel like at any stage if you can try and push into the American, market. you know, market or whatever you want to call that craziness that is American <laughs> music, I think you want to try and get in there. I think, it's, you know, once, once you're doing, doing well in America, you just you're just set. Yeah, true. We just need to we just need to throw you to Nashville. Yeah, well, you know what? I've actually spoken, I've spoke to someone about um, potentially going there for for some writing and stuff, which I'm like, hell yeah, why not? But it's so funny. I always thought Nashville was like just pure country, right. you know, music, but no, it's like mm. everything. Yeah, it's everything now. No, no, no. Yeah, I um. Yeah, speaking to a few artists, it's it's either Atlanta or it's Nashville, um, kind of depending on your mm-hmm. aesthetic, I guess, your sonic yeah. aesthetic. But, um, yeah, apparently, like, I mean, yeah, L.A., obviously, but um, that's more for your commercial business side of things. If you want songwriting, like actual yeah. workshops and sessions, Nashville or Atlanta. There so go. there you Heading go. Well, you've survived a podcast episode with me. You're welcome. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> and thank you so much for jumping on and huge congratulations on winning. I hope the high continues to go for a little while longer before 
probably the inevitable crash and the sh- like, you know, this is this yeah. is hard. But um, yeah, congratulations and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what I guess the next step is and how it all goes. No, thank you so much for for having me and. Yeah, it's super exciting. It's still, you know, a little bit of unknowns and um, lots to work out. But I mean, I I'm re- ready to go regardless, and I'm gonna put um, a lot of work into this to to make sure that you know I I'm not just one of those ones that you go, oh yeah, I remember he was on the Voice, but he hasn't done anything since. So I'm gonna make sure that people can say, you know, he's he's an artist. So that's that's the plan. Why do I get so nervous when I look into your eyes And butterflies can't stop me falling for you And darling, this is more than anything I've felt before You're everything that I want But I didn't think I'd find someone And that was Lockie Gill, everybody. Huge congratulations to him for winning The Voice and uh, for just being what seems like a very well-grounded, humble human for a 24-year-old guy. Sounds like he's putting in the work already, making those demos, making sure that he has music to share. His winner single from The Voice, uh, Wasting Time, is out now on all streaming platforms. So make sure you give it a listen and you give it, you know, an added to a playlist or, you know, a like, a like on the on the Spotify songs. Um, but, you know, huge congratulations to him. And I'm intrigued to see what comes from Lucky Gill in the foreseeable future. But that is the end of this week's episode of It's All BS. Thank you for joining me this week. We're currently in talks with a current artist that may be coming on for next week. So I'm not going to drop her name just in case uh, things fall through as they can do in the life of an artist because they're so incredibly busy. Um, so this is It's All BS. I'm your host, Sabrina. Have a good one, guys.